Welcome to Equestrian Movement's Fast Do No Harm podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boniface, co-founder of Equestrian Movement with Sarah Gallagher. We work with horse riders who want to build a stronger bond and a deeper connection with their horses. In our first Do No Harm podcast, we discuss with other industry professionals how to work with horses to firstly do no harm and secondly support their mental, emotional and physical well-being throughout the training process so that we have horses that enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Each episode, we discuss the different influences our training can have and how we can improve our horses' overall athleticism, soundness of mind and body, and emotional fortitude, while strengthening and deepening our relationship with our horses. Each week, I will endeavor to bring to you a new episode on horse riding, training, handling, and husbandry, or an interview with other industry professionals to help you address where and why you might get stuck in creating the beautiful union of dancing souls that is the equestrian sport. Are you ready to kick off today's show? Let's get started. Welcome to episode 32 of the first Do No Harm podcast. This episode, Sarah's doing a conversation takeover where she's going to share her experience as an adult amateur rider trying to find confidence through connection with the horses that she's been riding and finding her confidence as a horse handler and trainer when we experience the challenging situations that come up when we're riding our horses. In this episode, Sarah is going to discuss the absolute game changer that implementing connection-based training and our trainability skills have been in how she can show up for her horses as a leader worth following. This is about my experience of developing my own confidence to work with horses and confidence in myself working with horses as I've gone through this journey. So it's been a pretty big journey for me in a fairly short term. I have only been working with horses properly for about six years. So I was one of those kids that was totally, you know, you know, 100% in love with horses all my life, just never really had much of an opportunity to really spend any consistent time with them. And it was only about six years ago, as an adult, I got the opportunity to start working and riding more regularly. That, of course, means that instead of having the, I guess, that uh, false bravado that, <laughs> that kid, kids do develop, or the naive bravado not not the false bravado the naive bravado instead of having that I had all of the um knowledge of an adult and exactly what can go wrong (laughs) so I started out from a unconfident um perspective to you know initially that, that that's how I started writing and working I was really lucky though in that I had a beautiful little mare who did really look after beginners like she really did enjoy babying beginner riders and beginner people and you know I was totally in love with her she was her name is Natty actually she's the horse that's on this cup this little grey Arab mare she you know as I developed a little bit more she became a little bit more challenging and you know she's she's kind of what I would expect to be the perfect beginner horse but of course I'm biased because I was totally in love and and felt that she was my heart horse so as you can imagine, for me, I was totally devastated when she 
unfortunately got unwell and um, we had to um, let her go. From that perspective, there was kind of a, a like a bit of a, a short gap. But then I started working with another horse and that horse was Custard. And some of you have probably heard me talking about Custard more recently. So to give you a little bit of insight there, I went from Natty, who was a pretty self-confident horse. Um, she was confident in herself. She knew how to look after beginners. She enjoyed providing challenges. She was incredibly smart from an Arab perspective in a in a Irish set away in that she would play dumb and have this little bit of a look of a dumb a dumbness there but you know that right behind there was a calculation and she's like you know am I innocent enough to get away with this totally so I went from this self-confident horse to a horse that uh, actually had no self-confidence whatsoever and had no confidence in people either he was quite anxious a little bit on the spooky side he had you know he was a typical cowboy horse well, not a typical cowboy horse, but a semi-cowboy horse. And to get to the age that he had, that he was, without really, you know, hitting the doggers, he, you know, had to obviously behave and tolerate what people did with him. But he was really, really nervous and anxious about that. When I started riding him uh, or started working with him, he had returned to the paddock um, that he was adjusted in for the third time after another third fail rehoming. And it just so happens that the owners of him decided to list him as a free giveaway. And the owners of the adjustment property um, couldn't bear to see him go, particularly because he bonded with one of their little mares in, and they developed this own, their own little um, tight-niche herd. And so they, they adopted him um, and allowed me to lease him for a period of time. So <laughs> our very first ride was a nightmare. You know, I expected to be riding a horse that was confident and knew how to look after people. And, you know, I ended up uh, on a horse that absolutely freaked out. And we, we just went for a small trail ride in the paddock. So we hadn't even left the grounds. And we'd gotten up to a particular area towards the top and he just had an absolute spacky panic attack. And, and I felt like, I felt like he was going to fall over. I couldn't get out of the saddle fast enough. Um, you know, it was it was just terrifying for both of us. It was not a great experience. In comes Katie. Now, Katie had been working with me for a while, um, wasn't there at that first ride, but we decided to give it another go in the arena. And because he was so herd bound to this little mare and so anxious when she wasn't around, we thought the best thing to do would be to let her into the arena. Unfortunately, on the other side of the arena wall is a stallion who thought that she was just neat. So here I am on the back of Custard and the little mare is heading over to the stallion and the stallion is making all sorts of noises and Custard is having an absolute freak out because his little mare is near some other horse. And, um, you know, again, I felt like um, I had no communication. I thought he was about to run into something and, you know, kill us both. And I remember screaming out to Katie for help when you know she was on her way to to distract the mirror and bring her away from the stallion. And I ended up having to get her to come back just so that I could settle custard down. And I think I even dismounted at that point and we went back and um, sorted things out and got back on again. So those were my first <laughs> few experiences with custard. And as you can imagine, they're confident shatterers. You know, I went from feeling, you know, being a fairly um an adult with some 
your awareness of the the risks involved in horse riding um, but fairly naive to what was happening with my horse to a adult that was just completely terrified of this horse and and the the breaking moment for me the moment where I had that utter loss of confidence I was in the middle of a lesson with Katie and we were you know I don't think it had even reached a point where anything had um, really gone gone bad or um, hugely negative, but just something didn't go quite right. And I just I just burst into tears. And it was Katie that said to me, you know, you got to decide if you want to keep writing and if you want to keep working with Custard. And so that was that was the moment um, that I definitely remember as the breaking point for my confidence level and and that kind of thing. It took a lot of serious decisions and, and um, you know, uh, I guess uh, a, a little bit of stubbornness to to make me move forward. Before I go further, I think the things we need to think about is you know, why, why do we lose our confidence? And you can probably say in, in the incidents, instances that I've given you, you know, I felt like I was going to get hurt. Yep, 100%. So I was 100% fearful of being hurt. The horse lacked confidence himself, absolutely. And that's not a confidence builder in, our, in us in any way, shape or form. Um, if we are struggling with that confidence, when our horses lack some confidence in themselves. But the other aspects of it were, I didn't know what to do. So I didn't know how to get past this. Um, and I couldn't see where... I could move forward and how I could move forward and that's why I started breaking down and the fourth reason that I'll talk about as well is that we often get like there's a lot of people out there that are happy in the in the horse world happy to tell us their opinion and they'll give us conflicting advice that's in sometimes it's completely irrelevant to the situation that we're in or they'll just tell us that we're doing it wrong. So I want you guys to let me know if any of those sort of resonate with you. Either you have that fear of getting hurt, you know that your horse lacks confidence, so, you know, that does impact you as well. You're not really sure what you can do or what you should do about it and how you can move forward. So you can't see that clear path of movement and motion. And then finally, you have other people telling you or giving you conflicting advice. So, yeah, let me know if any of those resonate with you and which one you are feeling. But what, you know, if you add all of those and, yep, I was in, you know, I actually had all of those situations happening. There were uh, people who didn't know my situation or didn't really know what to do or probably, um, you know, shouldn't have been people I listened to from an um, advice perspective. Um, they were definitely telling me things and that was, um, you know, making me feel less confident with what I was doing because I just felt like a bigger failure. So all in all, it was just resulted in me not feeling good enough to be able to continue. Um, like I said, a bit of guts and stubbornness and I was able to get myself to the other side of that and keep pushing and keep pushing. But I think it's really important to look back on the mistakes that you make that make you feel like that so that when you actually start to go through those processes again, and trust me, you will have these moments, but when you start to do them again, you can look at what mistakes am I making right now and how do I go back? And I'm not saying what mistakes did you do with your horse. I'm saying what mistakes are you making internally? So uh, 
mostly internally. But if I look at the mistakes that we made, I lost confidence in myself because I let people's opinions sway and also I just didn't know what I was what I needed to do even though I had Katie there to help me and guide me I couldn't see what the clear steps for the future could look like or even how to step backwards to try and de-escalate the situation it just wasn't there for me in that because I didn't have experience with that type of horse I didn't have much experience at all so I just felt like I wasn't good enough losing that confidence in myself meant that you know, I was just exuding this lack of confidence to my horse. Because I was, you know, listening to the advice of so many different people, I actually became quite inconsistent, not just inconsistent in what I did, but how I showed up. And that in itself, you know, when you're trying to find an answer and it's just not working because you're not going to the pathway that you need to be, you're going to lose that confidence again. So that's um, what was happening with me as well. And you know what? All of this was happening because I didn't listen to what my horse needed. I was listening to what everybody else was telling me to do. So I wasn't allowing my horse to communicate. Well, actually, I was allowing my horse to communicate, I, I think. I just was not listening in any way, shape or form. So these are the mistakes. We lose confidence in ourselves. We become less consistent in how we show up for our horse and then we don't allow our horse to communicate their needs to us and believe believe you me all of those little behaviors that we were talking about were custom communicating a need and the need was that he needed to feel like he needed to trust someone and he didn't trust me and he didn't trust katie and he didn't trust his owners at the time and it took a lot of work to get there what really changed now (laughs) interestingly I bugged Katie into partnering with me in the business that is now Equestrian Movement and we were putting together or she was putting together these lessons which eventually became training trainability and because I was translating her brain into from notes into actionable lesson plans I decided that the best way to test this theory is to do the lesson plans myself you know it does it translate do I understand it you know is it easy to manage in a paddock it was about uh, about three to six weeks I think there was a couple of weeks gap in there so um, maybe it was about four weeks in total that I've been practicing those lesson plans with him with custard that um, I realized that he truly trusted me that was that was the difference that happened just sort of in that period of time we'd built the trust much faster than 12 months of working together beforehand had done. So that's, uh, and that was my big aha moment. This is like, well, these, this connection-based training actually does work. And, you know, once he started trusting me, I started feeling more comfortable in the saddle. Um, We started having more successful lessons together. We started really bonding and his, um, his herd anxiety, his, his need, his bond with that mare while it still very much existed in the paddock, it became less of an issue when I was around. In actual fact, he became he became quite jealous if she decided that she wanted any of my attention and he would push her out of the way because as far as he was concerned, I was his human. So that's the, the kind of difference that that made. And it, obviously it was a work in progress and we kept doing it, but it was such a short time for me to see some difference after working with him for that 12 months to see that significant difference. 
I think the other thing to mention about that is, you know, I'm not somebody who has a lot of time to work with horses. So, you know, I was leasing a horse and visiting them maybe one to two hours per week if I was lucky. Um, that that's that's how much time I'm able to spend with my horse. Um, so I know that some people out there do feel a bit guilty because they don't feel like they give their horse enough time. And it's not about the quantity of time we give them, it's the quality of time we give them. So if you think about that situation where it was, say, about four lessons together where we worked through those sessions, that would have been anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Then I would have fussed over him for probably another hour just because I did. <laughs> you know, that that was all just building that connection. And that's what really made an obvious change for him. You know, why does connection-based training help you feel confident? Well, here's a few factors around the connection-based training that you should consider because it's no one else's opinion matters except for that of your horse. So if we can, you know, stop listening to what everybody else is telling us we should be doing or shouldn't be doing, as is quite frequent, and start listening to what our horse is asking from us, we can drown out that negativity, we can show up more consistently, and our horse develops more trust in us. The cool thing with connection-based training is that you actually have permission to work with the unique individual that your horse is. And understanding the way that their personality tends to work knows a, means you know how when they um, start to feel less secure and less confident, how that's going to escalate. But not only when you, not only how it escalates, but how you can actually bring them back into that secure bubble so that they go, oh, okay, yep, that's right, I get it, you're my human we are safe, I trust you, you're not going to do anything that's going to be negative and harmful. And that applies to so many situations, whether it's the spooky horse that, you know, you just want to take on a trail ride and they just can't cope with leaving the paddock, or it's the, you know, the horse that shuts down when you ask too much of them, the horse that instead of spooking you running away actually tries to kick or barge you or the other horse that becomes totally ignorant and these are the different personality quadrants that we isolated in um in the trainability program that will show you what it looks like when they become more extreme and they they can be a combination of a couple of them but what we tend to find is that they'll have this kind of this this majority default and we know what happens when they tend to um, escalate and that's that personality is to developed from a number of things from the way that they're handled from the first moment to you know weaning through their training process through how you've been developing their handling to how they've interacted with their herd animals to some of their breeding aspects as well so being able to understand their unique personality gives you that confidence to know how to manage them as opposed to listening um, or thinking that you should be doing it this way because this is how some guru has said it or how the barn manager is telling you to handle it because it's worked for them for 50 other horses that aren't your horse. And I think what happens with when we're using that connection-based training as well, you're actually giving your horse that voice, which means that they're li less likely to actually escalate into those big dangerous moments. So you start to feel more secure yourself managing them because you're not getting those bigger behaviours that you were you may have experienced. And those big behaviours don't necessarily have to be really dangerous, but your perception of them is that you don't feel safe. So when you put these together, what happens is you get these uh, a number of small wins and you get these small wins frequently. 
And that gives you that feeling that you're actually succeeding. And that is what builds your confidence in with your horse. So, I mean, there's 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 ways to manage fear and anxiety, you know, when you're actually coming up in those moments. But the truth of it is to build your confidence, you need small wins frequently um, and consistently. That That's it. That's how confidence works. And that's how connection-based training will actually help you um, build that confidence because you will get little small wins. Um, you have permission to work with the horse that you have on the day as opposed to the horse that you're expecting or the horse that you, um, you know, the, the lesson plan that you had in mind 100%. And your horse is able to voice to you their own concerns so that they, um, you know, you can de-escalate situations before they even occur. So connection-based training isn't just about us and our confidence because our horses do experience a lack of confidence themselves. And I, I do recognise that despite the fact that you may have horses that are just as willing to, you know, barge over the top of you or, you know, kick out and be aggressive, that they're confident in their own body but they're still insecure in their um, interactions with people or their location in the herd or what's about to happen. And so what they're doing in terms of the pushy horse um, is they're ignoring that you're there and they're just using their body around you. And in terms of the aggressive um, horse, they've just got into this hyperreactive mode that lashes out to protect themselves. On the flip side, you do have the other two horses, the one that tends to, you know, act like a very, very good boy until it can't cope with being, being a good boy anymore, or the horse that just goes, holy shite, something is going to kill me, I'm out of here, and spooks and, and bolts or, or bucks and rears to get, get rid of you. So confidence is a really big thing we, we focus on in connection-based training with our horses, and, and it's a huge aspect that we um, work within in the trainability program. And while it, it in itself is a module, and it's uh, um, by itself, it's a process to get to that stage of building that trust and confidence. And that trust and confidence is all about showing up as a compassionate leader. A compassionate leader is someone who listens, who builds, it helps them through situations so that they build confidence in, in situations, in you, in themselves. And they recognize that you are actually someone to follow. So, you know, if you say, that puddle doesn't have a shark in it, we're cool. They go, oh, okay, oh, cool, I'm cool, great. We don't have to bolt. And I mean, think about it from a leader perspective, because I mean, if you guys have ever worked with, say, a boss, like the best boss that you have ever worked with, um, imagine the types of things that they used to do. I would say, you know, as a, as a leader, they would support you from a unique need perspective. So they'd recognize that you're an individual unit, not just part of a you know part of the company and someone to make money um, from but they um, recognized your unique needs and talents and helped foster those they allowed you to express your opinion freely without fear of retribution they didn't micromanage your every action they allowed you to make mistakes and helped guide you through those mistakes they supported you when you asked for that support like that is the best leader. That is the best boss that I could ever, ever hope for. And that is what I want to show up for as my horse, with my horse. And if we think about, think about the people, say the barn manager who is telling you, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, does that really sound like someone who is a compassionate leader? No. So why on earth should we let their opinions matter? You know, we also need to think that over the last, 
Over the last half a decade, horsemanship has changed dramatically, but no more so than it has in the last 10 years. We now have uh, we now understand more thoroughly the emotional needs of these animals and how they impact us as well. So, you know, 10 years ago, I think I think it was just over 10 years ago, Katie, and correct me if I'm wrong, where Katie was fired by her instructor because she couldn't mix, mix natural horsemanship with English competition. Um, <laughs> bullshit, watch me try. <laughs> Actually, don't watch me try, watch me do it. Because... Uh, you know, this is the way that horsemanship is changing or horsewomanship is changing. We're understanding that these animals are actually emotional beings. And when we um, help support them through that emotional, their emotional requirements, we actually give them more confidence and we create these safe horses that want to look after us because they recognise that we are leaders to follow. And as their confidence builds in us, they become much more forgiving of those small little errors we might make. So if we miss a moment of communication, they're like, yeah, okay, she'll get it next time. I'll just tell her again. <laughs> they don't have to go, oh, shit, she's not listening. I'm panicking. And, you know, go from an ear twitch to, you know, to pulling at the lead rope to breaking away and bolting. And as your confidence grows, their trust in you and their confidence in you and their confidence in themselves also grows. And that's the difference that connection-based training makes. And I think the thing is we do see those small wins so quickly. You know, it, it's not the be-all and cure-all and that kind of thing. And, and building that relationship and connection does take a long time. But when we take it back to those very basics of just, hey, um, you know, would you like to have a chat? Would, you know, how are you? Um, can I touch you? <laughs> you know, our horses do truly appreciate that. So I actually do want to fast forward. So it's been, oh, let's say that, that event where I lost total loss of confidence was possibly around about three years ago, I want to say, maybe four years ago. And I want to fast forward to last night. Last night, I had a, a writing lesson with Katie, and this was one of the first writing. I've only ever had one other group writing lesson with Katie, with Gunnar. It was quite interesting. <laughs> so there were moments that, um, you know, I've, I've got, uh, to give you a bit more insight, I do have some physical impairments in terms of I do have a back injury. Um, that back injury does take a bit of time to warm up. Horse riding has been the best thing that's ever happened to it. But occasionally I'll actually try to, like, there was one day I got into the saddle and my whole left butt cheek and left side of my back went into a cramping spasm. And, you know, <laughs> as you can imagine, that's not exactly a nice thing to experience. So I'm very aware that, you know, my back can be hurt and I can, I'm the person that sneezed and got a ended up on crutches for three weeks seriously so you know I can hurt myself um, and I can hurt myself quite badly in one small you know one small movement and so last night was very very interesting because as it was the first or second lesson that I'd ever had with Gunnar in a group setting we were working on his um, trot so we have been doing a lot of work on his trot work trying to just um, create that forwardness trying to um, create some consistency in that trot and we decided to give it a go in the group lesson and literally the goal for this group lesson was to get him to follow the butt and listen to me 
Now, the reason we said that was our goal is because the minute he started chasing the pony's um, backside, he totally, utterly ignores his rider. He loses all focus and he's just chasing after the horse in front of him. And what that means is he gets faster, he tries to canter, he cuts corners, he, you know, he just becomes very ignorant. And that is part of his personality. Now, if Katie and I hadn't been doing a lot of work in understanding his personality and working on connection, if I hadn't been doing any of that, I would have thrown the reins up in the air and said, this is way too dangerous for me. I can't do this. But because we had been spending a lot of time working on that, I recognised that what happens when he gets to an excited point of chasing, uh, whether he's trying to eat Phoenix's backside or just trying to keep up because there's other ponies, I don't know. But when he gets to that excited state, what happens to him is he mentally just ignores. So his escalation is to go into ignorance. So the whole point of that writing lesson was to work through that ignorance, to go, hey, no, no, connect back with me. We're good. You can listen to me. I can tell you that <laughs> there were a lot of moments of that butterfly feeling, the heart racing, the, you know, the heart and the throat type feeling. You know, Katie pointed out that I was going back into my like, oh, uh, when I was writing instead of being tall and upright because I was having those moments of fear and anxiety. But the pushing through it, like me pushing through that, besides helping myself manage that fear and anxiety. And yes, Katie, I was humming if you couldn't hear <laughs> quite a lot. <laughs> But, you know, the, the way I was um, dealing with that was because I knew how to bring him back and what was actually happening. It wasn't that he was running away from me. It's that he'd lost focus and he forgot that I existed. So it was all about bringing him back into the remember who I am. Remember that you've got a rider. Let's slow down. Let's think about that. All right. Let's you're too focused on that other pony. So let's bring you back to me. All right. Now we can go again. No, you're too focused on that pony. Bring it back to me. And we actually finished the session with some really amazing work, despite the fact that I still felt like I was terrified. But I just worked through it because I knew where to go next. And uh, um, like that is how the con like connection work has really bolstered my own confidence. Now, if I'd been working with a brand spanking new horse that I'd never ridden before I, I uh, or never worked with before, I wouldn't have been able to cope with that. I would have just said to Katie, look, I think I'm going to hurt myself um, because I don't, I don't feel confident in this horse and I don't feel confident in, in um, understanding how I can um, manage the situation. So that is a little bit about what happens when we do build our confidence through connection. So I hope this has given you guys some really great insight in, you know, the mistakes that we make, uh, how working through connection with our horses can build our confidence, how working with connection um, through our horses can build our horses' confidence, how we can understand how to de-escalate situations so that we don't feel safe, and of course, what we need to just continue to move forward with our confidence as well. So if you guys have this um, really clear idea of where you want to go and what you want to, uh, what you're going to be doing to help build your confidence with your horse, I think absolute kudos to you guys. I know that it can be really hard to see through the myriad of training options and what people are telling you you should be doing to actually get to a point where you can have a plan to progress that's going to meet your own individual requirements as well as your horse's unique personality and requirements. 
However, if you are struggling, I do encourage you guys to reach out to us or you can actually join our trainability program. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the in the webinar, the big changing point for me was actually applying the early version of trainability to Custard. And it's had a lot of evolving since that point. There's been a good three or so years worth of evolution to get to the to the point that it is now where we can actually help coach you through it. But we also give you the small lessons that you can actually do and get those small wins to build your confidence, to progress, to build your horse's confidence in you, to give them a voice, to um, show up as a compassionate leader and to be consistent in it as well, which are all the mistakes that I 100% made. Lack of consistency not allowing the horse to tell me its needs and certainly not listening to what the horse was asking from me and having a huge lack in confidence in myself because I thought um, I had no idea what I needed to do. I felt like I was a green novice beginner um, and I just didn't feel like I was good enough. So uh, if you are wondering about the trainability program, it is a coaching program. You can learn more about it at um, www.equestriamovement.com forward slash trainability. It's a coaching program that Katie and uh, Katie works through and I support um, the working through as well, which is based on a course that we've created, the trainability course. And it's only $49 per month, which is less like less than half the cost of a lesson with Katie, for, for example. And that's um, $49 Australian dollars per month. So it's a really worth, like if you're struggling, you're not really clear on which way to go, it's really worth looking into doing that. But just to recap on what we've been through. So I've told you a little bit about my journey. I've told you about the, um, you know, why confidence goes into crisis, where it's we don't know what to do or where to find what to do. We have other people telling us conflicting advice or just simply telling us that we're doing it wrong. We have fear of getting hurt and our horse has no confidence in themselves and or us. So those are when our confidence goes into crisis. And that crisis moment that I had literally was a moment of tears and a moment of thinking that I needed to give up riding altogether because I was so not good enough for this. By applying some small exercises that allowed the horse to have a voice, to um, show up consistently as a leader that is worth following to begin building trust and confidence in themselves, in their environment, in their body, in their people that surround them. Those were the basics of the exercises that I was doing with Custard. And it, within a short period of time, it made, so six weeks from the first time I did the lesson to the, the moment that I realised that he trusted me, it was, I was dealing with a different horse, a horse that went from, like the situation was he was in an absolute flat because he was trapped separated from his mare he was trapped by another horse who was totally ignoring him and wasn't a threat at all but in custard's mind he was because he was terrified of other horses and he wasn't really that much into people and for me to actually walk him through that calm him down at liberty and then walk him past the other horse so that he could get back to his uh, paddock companion and sort of watch him on the other side of that just go <sighs> thank goodness thank goodness you were there to help me out and that's when I knew that he trusted me 100% because that was all at liberty. I didn't have to put a halter on him. I didn't have to push him through it. I just um, touched base with him and say, hey, are you, are you with me? Do you want me to help you out with this? Yeah, okay, let's let's move through that. Are you ready? Okay, let's next step. Are you ready? The next step. And he was just a different, like, he was just like, yes, I trust you. I am definitely going to follow you. 
and you definitely protect me and you give me confidence to do scary things you know and that's that's literally one to two hours a week that I was spending with him so it was so little time so when we're working on that connection-based training we build confidence in ourselves because we listen to our horse and nobody else's opinion matters except for our horse we have permission to work with the horse that we have today and adjust the goalposts because our horse will tell us if there's really um, a big issue i've been working recently with a thoroughbred who's got some real bad confirmation issues and he has a very he's very cold backed and when he's feeling really sore and tight in the back he actually tells us no to tacking up you know and that is because he's been given enough confidence to express himself but also you know if i was to jump on him like just to push him through it tack him up jump on him and start riding him in through a through a training session chances are he's gonna fuck me off because he's that sore and tight through the back and if you know if we don't use the appropriate warm-up process he you know it's going to be dangerous for me. So when he tells me, you know, when he tell, uh, told me no to the tag, we'd just spend more time working on groundwork until his back felt really nice and warmed up. And then he's like, yeah, okay, I'm good. We can tack up now. So we're able to listen to the horse and work with the horse that we have on that particular day. We understand their unique personality. So we know how to de-escalate or manage what's about to come and de-escalate it very, very quickly. We know the tools we need to implement to make them feel much more secure and confident. And because we're giving that horse, our horses, the opportunity to express themselves, it's telling us before we even get to those big dangerous situations that maybe we need to take a step back and adjust what we're about to do. Because we're having those small wins more frequently, where our confidence is going to build significantly, and then our horse's confidence is going to continue to build in with us. So I do appreciate you guys joining me on this webinar session tonight. If you do have any questions about how to move forward, building your own confidence or building the confidence of your horse please do reach out to Katie or myself. So thank you so much. We really do appreciate your time today. And I will leave you guys to ponder what your next steps are. Bye. If you're loving what you're listening to on the podcast, you might be starting to recognize that trying to control your horse through submission-based training is the worst way to ask your horse to look after you. If you're working with or riding horses, you know how unpredictable and sometimes scary they can be. Unfortunately, most struggling horse riders make the mistake of thinking they can physically control their 400 plus kilo fur babies by moving their feet or spooking them into responding with flags and join up. Without giving your horse a reason to care about you and look after you, you will most likely end up with a horse that is disconnected at best, shut down or explosive at worst because they can't communicate their needs with you. Especially if you are already scared, worried or nervous handling your horse. That's why we've created our new free online training experience, Building a Connection with Your Horse. This is how I've gone about creating safe horses for beginners, no matter the breed or previous handling experiences. If you want to learn the secret source behind developing safe horses that care about you and look after you without trauma triggering training methods, register for our new training today at www.equestriummovement.com forward slash connection and I will uncover the three big mistakes you might be making if you're trying to build a relationship with your horse and how you can start building your horse's trust and confidence in you as a leader worth following.